Today's guest and I have been friends for many years since before she received her chiropractic license. Dr. Bregan Dell is originally from Michigan, where she received a Bachelor of Arts degree in advertising. After several years working with General Motors in Detroit, Dr. Bree changed her career path and in 2007 received her Doctorate of Chiropractic from Life University in Marietta, Georgia. She owns Perinatal and Pediatric Chiropractic Center in Fort Myers, Florida. Dr. Bree and her staff host a community-wide annual chiropractic awareness event, and she enjoys being involved in many other aspects of wellness in her community. Dr. Bree practices with a focus on pediatrics and pregnancy and received her certification from the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics. I hope you enjoy today's episode and gain some new insight into increasing your service to patients and community. So, Dr. Bree, tell us a little bit about your history and what led you ultimately to the chiropractic profession. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yes. So I originally, as you said, was in advertising. So chiropractic was kind of the farthest thing from my mind. In fact, when I received my degree from Michigan State, I had never been to a chiropractor. So chiropractic was really a far-fetched thought to me. And after working for General Motors for three years and having seven different bosses, it was just a job with no satisfaction, right? I wasn't helping anyone. There wasn't anything satisfying about it at the end of the day. So I had also been suffering with migraines and my cousin was a chiropractor. So I was telling him about my migraines and he said, you know, come on in, I'll adjust you. So I got my first adjustments and they resolved my migraines. And that was fantastic to me. And so then, you know, fast forward a little ways and I was just getting really tired of my job. And I called him up and I said, do you mind if I just come and check out what you do? And I visited his office for one day and left there in tears, happy tears, because his patients took that opportunity knowing that I was just shadowing to kind of showcase their personal stories with chiropractic and how it had literally changed their lives. So I was just in tears. And honestly, that same day, I wrote up my letter of resignation and I started applying to chiropractic school and put my condo up for sale because that was it. So then I shortly thereafter moved to Marietta, Georgia from Michigan and started at Life University. Wow. On a wing and a prayer. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was one of those things that it was now or never. One of my dear friends said to me, and I passed this advice on a lot, you know, she said, I'll, sh I'll show my age here, but... She said, Brie, you're going to be 28. You're going to be 28 no matter what. No matter what happens, you're going to be 28. So when you're 28, do you want to be a doctor or do you not want to be a doctor? And I was like, wow, that's absolutely incredible advice. So yeah. Yeah. let's just do it. So yeah. Well, knowing you for as long as I have, I know that you have your own pregnancy story and, and some trauma that you went through. So was that a segue or, or what was it that led you to get into treating pregnant mamas and babies? You know, I'll say it wasn't necessarily at that time the segue that got me there fully to transition fully into pediatric and perinatal care. But that part of my story, which was extremely traumatic, and I was in ICU for eight days, but the medical staff, I was in Georgia at the time, they not only literally saved my life, but they treated me with such love and respect as a chiropractor 
they limited the amount of pharmaceutical products that they used on me. They understood that I wanted to be a nursing mom, you know, and being there eight days, never having met my baby. They were so fantastic to me and respected who I was and my wishes. It really gave me coming out of such a holistic world of chiropractic school, almost, you know, just makes you have a very bad taste in your mouth for the medical profession. But having that experience really gave me a whole new respect for emergency medical care. And I think just in general, that experience helped me to have a respect for my fellow physicians in my area. So as I then transitioned later, realizing that working with pregnant women and kids really filled my heart and really made me feel like I wasn't working every day and seeing how we could, you know, just change the lives of these little ones, change their complete paths of their lives. You know, they haven't even had a life yet. So to be able to actually help to transition their path of life now being in the realm that I'm in, I've been able to really develop fantastic relationships with all the physicians in my community in that world, medically based and even holistically based, of course, but just built this awesome team where we all have mutual respect for one another, I think, because of that initial experience. Yeah. So we can we'll go on and talk about that a little bit more later, because I know that you kind of had a specific path that you went and, and, and you can tell us what that led to now. But one thing that anyone who meets you is very impressed with is the cranial reshaping technique that you do. And um, I've seen people just in awe of that. So tell us, some listeners may not know what the cranial shaping technique looks like, but for those who are you know a little bit familiar, tell us how you developed that and how you work that into your practice. It is something that I've, I've niched my niche. <laughs> so I already niched being pediatric and perinatal, which puts a lot of people in the what? How did you manage that? And why are you doing that? And then within that, yeah, I really found my true love that I wish I could do all day long every day. And that is with plagiocephaly and other abnormalities or misshapes of the skull and facial deformities that kids can be born with, congenital could just be the way that they were in utero. So whatever comes up with different shapes of the head, I learned through my ICPA courses to get my certification, my specialty certification, a little bit about it. But then, you know, the way that I really do it has just been kind of, you know, I, I hate to say it, but more of like a trial and error, you know, just working with their heads and seeing what really works not only physically and seeing what works, but also being able to accommodate to the fact that I have a three-month-old on my lap that I'm trying to reshape ahead and understanding where the parents are at and the child is at and what their limits are. So the technique that I have, it, you know, the actual adjustment time is probably somewhere between one minute to a minute and 30 seconds because their tolerance is so minimal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of repetition. We see them three times a week for a minimum of 12 weeks. We reassess every four weeks because little ones, you know, they're growing at such a rapid pace. They have so many leaps and the brain growth, you know, within their first two years of life is almost complete. So we have such a constant change. I like to use that to my advantage when I'm trying to reshape 
And the big thing is helping these kids stay away from a helmet. And so being able to do this while we're constantly taking measurements and showing new pictures and showing these parents our progress, we're also allowing these babies to hit their milestones that they need to be hitting and having that freedom of range of motion and doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing during their developmental, huge developmental stages where a helmet really sets them back. They have weight on their head. They don't have full range of motion and it really can keep them from hitting their milestones. So the technique is really all encompassing of all of that. Right. And I mean, gosh, to do one or two minutes in the clinic, however many times per week or per month versus, you know, having to wear a helmet at home and how much effort, I mean, gosh, on an infant, you know, they're probably not real happy about wearing a helmet, but one or two minutes in Dr. Bree's hands, boop, 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 and uh, we're done. It is. And having the pictures, you know, the, the proof is there. So being able every four weeks to show these parents pictures because they see their child constantly their reactions is like the most gratifying thing, you know, the, you know, the tears and they share and they take, you know, they take them and they send them to all their friends and their family and people, you know, even just having them say, I took them to the pediatrician and they said, wow, what are you doing with their head? You know, and it's pretty phenomenal. And that is just the coolest part is that they get to actually see the difference so quickly. Right, right. So um, what are some other common um, ailments that you often see your pediatric patients for when parents have, you know, been to their MD pediatrician and gotten frustrated because things just keep happening over and over again? What relief do you offer to your pediatric patients and the parents too? Any and all, I have gotten a cute little nickname as the poop doctor because we definitely help with constipation. That is a big one. So helping children to be able to regulate their bowels and their gas patterns, helping with latch with the newborns is a really significant thing. Because we're prenatal and pediatric combined, every single one of our pregnant mamas ends up becoming a patient with the baby. And as primary care, most of those mamas end up having us take on that role for their child. So we do their newborn exams within 48 hours of their birth. So that's important is checking their TMJ and their palates and their suck and looking for oral ties, doing those things again, their cranial shape, checking all all of their heads. And so doing those once over initial things where we can find, I mean, gosh, just being able to do that as a chiropractor. I mean, I find shoulder dystocia, I've found broken clavicles, we've found broken ribs, but other just little tiny things that maybe they're not getting their full exams like they should be because of the lack of training as far as the structure and function of the body is concerned, you know, with the the medical model, the allopathic model of examining the newborns. So newborns is a big one. As far as the older kids, you know, lots of ear infections, eye infections. But the coolest part to me that will resonate with everyone listening here as far as chiropractic is educating the parents initially so they understand that as soon as there is any deficiency in immune system function, they come to us first. 
We are their first line. They come to us. We assess them. We can look at their ears, look in their throats, do all of the things, take their temperatures. We can do all of the things that we need to do to try to get that child to regulate and get back to health naturally rather than going to a pediatrician where they know they're just going to be prescribed something, whether it's going to help them or not. So that is something we see a huge amount of is just sick kids now, which is fantastic. Other than that, you know, you have your little limps, you have your athletes that have injuries and all of the normal things that probably everyone is getting as well. Right. So you've really developed your practice into primary care. I mean, literally from, you know, the womb until, you know, all the way through grade school. That's so exciting how far this profession has come. You know, I know 20 years ago, yes, we all knew that chiropractors often treated ear infections, but there's so many more things that chiropractors can do that's within their scope and really set that child on a path of a whole completely different form of wellness for their lifetime. I mean, it is really something special that you do for sure. Let's take a quick break for a word from FCA. We hope you're enjoying this episode with friends in the chiropractic profession. We understand the importance of staying connected to the premier chiropractic voice in the state of Florida. In an effort to keep us connected, did you know that we host live stream and on-demand CEs each year, as well as host multiple in-person events? Each August, the FCA hosts the largest chiropractic event in the nation, right here in Orlando, Florida, where we get a chance to bring together a buffet of education, the chiropractic marketplace, and connection opportunities galore. Scaling down to a more intimate in-person conference style, we also host multiple regional events, giving you the opportunity to connect with your peers, as well as achieve top-notch education. Wherever you are, we hope to see you soon at an FCA convention near you. Please visit thenationalchiro.com front slash overview for our event options this year. See you soon. The other area in the office is, of course, the perinatal area that you practice and pregnant mamas. So tell us how you help the pregnant mamas through um, all the stages of pregnancy through their food of delivery. So the big thing is, in my opinion, to properly care for a pregnant woman, just like if you're a chiropractor that really wants to care for athletes, you probably feel the same way as I do in terms of with pregnancy is that if you're going to properly care for someone, you should have the proper training. Just like if you're going to do any job in your house, you want to have the proper tools. So I really strongly feel that to care for a pregnant woman properly, you should be trained in Webster technique because that is where you learn the importance of the whole entire pelvic bowl. And that's what we educate our patients on is that we're not just going to check your spine up and down and make sure that the nervous system is functioning and all of the things that makes chiropractic so wonderful. But we're also going to take it one step further, understanding the process of pregnancy and how it progresses trimester by trimester and understanding your hormone changes and your previous pregnancies and all of those things, taking every single thing into account person by person, understanding where they're planning to give birth and their whole plan, you know, everything about that person, we encompass that. And so then we utilize all of their ligaments, their muscle, their iliopsoas muscles that run through their entire abdomen that attach to the diaphragm and the upper lumbar spine and go through their groin and using the pubic symphysis and educating them on where the baby's lying and where we want the baby lying and doing all of these things with them 
to help them have the best outcome of birth. So not stepping into an OB role by any means, but definitely helping them under, we take their posture regularly throughout their pregnancies. Obviously it's a snapshot in time, but we need them to be an active role in their care and see, okay, I'm really having way too much of a sway back right now. No wonder why I have low back pain or why the baby is in transverse position. You know, so we take all of that into account constantly and just step by step, stage by stage throughout the pregnancy are constantly changing their care. And we work really closely with pelvic floor PTs that we send a lot of our moms that are pregnant to during their pregnancy. We send every single one of our postnatal moms to pelvic floor PT for consults. We work really closely with mental health, perinatal mental health providers, because some women have previous trauma. They have other things going on. You know, it could be really heavy. So we take that very seriously as well, just like primary care with kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned something that we always have cautioned doctors of chiropractic and really any kind of doctors don't get into an area of treating your patients that you're not equipped and trained. So if the chiropractor wanted to possibly start seeing pregnant patients, is there some education they can get without having to be certified or get their diplomate? Is there some way they can get some good training without having to do as many hours of post-grad work as you have completed? Sure. I know that there's a couple of different avenues to getting at least the Webster certification, which is usually just a weekend class. I don't know if there's any online. There might be now, but it's a hands-on class, so I, I'm hoping it's not online. But that alone can really set you to the advantage. But having said that, working in this area for so long now, I really think that if it's something that you really want to grow in your practice and not just dabble in, you need to go visit an office. You need to come to my office in shadow. You need to spend some time because you have to, if you really want to be there for these women, you really have to have a strong grasp of all of the aspects that you need to be prepared for. I have exam forms and paperwork and things like that available that can help kind of like your outline, right? Your syllabus, but you really need to fill in the blanks because every single woman really needs more than just an adjustment mm -hmm. during their pregnancy. Right. So one thing that you're really good at, just because you have been in this space for so long, is figuring out how to work and create good relationships in your community with other types of physicians. So explain to us a little bit of how you start in making some of those relationships and work together with the other doctors and the community. A couple of different ways. So I am not a proponent of selling chiropractic, right? We are professionals. We are doctors. So we are not salesman. Chiropractic to me should never be sold. I am not a believer that we need to go to a doctor's office and give them a presentation and bring them lunch. We need to be their colleagues. And I've gone forward with that mindset and, you know, it's worked for me. Having said that is, you know, if we're co-managing a patient, getting on the phone and talking to another physician or sending them a letter. But the two big things are referring so find a couple of people in your area of specific 
speech therapy, pelvic floor PTs, uh, you know, whatever. I work really closely with pediatric dentists that specialize in oral ties. Well, I have a whole binder of everybody at this point, you know, an allergist, all of these people. I found just a couple or even just one that I referred everyone to. And when we send the referral, it's a professional referral. So I've had notepads made up for our referrals. And then we send a demographic of each patient and we present ourselves as colleagues and professionals in the community. We give these providers what they need and then we ask for what their findings are. And so we kind of just right from out the gate build this and then referring to the same people over and over again. After a little bit of time, it goes by, you hear, well, if you're going to go to a chiropractor, we only want you to go to this one because they trust us. It's not anything other than they see our names. It's that repetition of they're out there. They're taking care of a lot of kids. Trust these people. And so we were able to build that. And then, you know, over enough time has really just turned into excellent referral bases too, where they're seeing the benefit of it. And some of them are even coming in themselves. I have a gynecologist that comes in with pregnant with twins right now. You know, she had never been to a chiropractor. She's a DO and just loving it, thinks it's the best thing ever. So that's one thing is just actually referring and really kind of taking that avenue. The other thing is OB and pediatrician reports. So for every new patient, if we are not their primary, or maybe they want to always just have a pediatrician in their back pocket, when we find that out or whoever their OB midwife is, whoever they're working with, we send them a full report of all of our exam findings and what our treatment plan is and let them know on the bottom a little thing about who we are and how we like to co-manage and please contact us. And we send that every single time. Again, it's very professionally done but it's letting them know who we are in the community. And it has just really, really helped us gain a lot of respect, so much so that we're actually listed now in our hospital system and the county, all of the hospitals as a primary care physician. And we are sent newborns all the time from the hospital. Wow. Uh, we don't even know yet, you know, so it's pretty great. So in your area, are there any chiropractors that would have hospital privileges, like, you know, right after delivery? No. <laughs> Being in Southwest Florida, it's a good old boy community in terms of the hospital system. And they actually don't have chiropractors in their bylaws at all. So they can't even deny me privileges because we literally don't exist. <laughs> so, right. so that's a battle I am trying to chip away at. But yeah. as of now, no. However, one of the hospitals did just open a birth center and they have welcomed me into the birth center. That's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you have a lot of interesting stories that you've taught just at our conventions. And I've listened to you speak about how you treat these patients as if you do the top to bottom exam on these children and mamas. You, you treat them like you are a primary care doctor because, I mean, you are giving them the care that you're trained to do. And it's really exciting to just see all the inroads that you've made in these last 15 years or so in your area. That's, that's awesome. And we do have some training coming up at our national convention, and then uh, you'll be speaking at our convention in Naples. So if doctors do want to find more information and some training, just beginning training, 
like you said, uh, FCA does offer that at our events. And it's really exciting to sit and listen to the, the different avenues of how you can help the pediatric patients and the pregnant mamas. That's super exciting. So to wrap up today, how about if you tell our listeners how you can be reached with any questions they might have or, you know, maybe kind of brainstorm with you for a little bit of assistance to, to get them moving if they're interested in this journey like you've taken? Absolutely. So I have a million avenues. I have a Dr. Bree Instagram. I have a Dr. Bree Facebook page. I have a Pediatric and Perinatal Chiropractic Center Facebook page. I have Dr. Bree at drbree.com email. Please use. My website has a whole section just for other physicians where I do have options for some of the exam paperwork, for some coaching, things like that, where I my type of coaching that I like to do is not me being over the phone with you or sending you binders. It's me coming into your practice and working with you hands-on and how you can transition your practice and use your stuff and get you going as fast as we can. But also, you know, I just love to help people out whatever they're going through. So I get a lot of phone calls from docs where it's just like, hey, I've got this kid in my office. What can I do with them now? So, you know, reach out to me through my office, reach out to me in email with all of those avenues I am available. I think it's important. We really need to work as a profession to capture more of our kids and pregnant mamas. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us, Bree. We really enjoyed the time together today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was fun. If you're interested in seeing how you can develop a pediatric and perinatal practice, feel free to join us at an FCA convention this year when Dr. Bree will be on the stage and you can learn a little bit more from her. Or you can check the show notes for different opportunities and information on programs where you can receive more education. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the FCA podcast. Join us each month as we talk about topics directly impacting everyday practice, the profession, and the importance of staying connected with FCA. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the Florida Chiropractic Association, be sure to visit us online at fcachiro.org. See you next time.